where else would you rather be than right here, right now? For Bills fans. Let's go, Buffalo! By Bills fans. Only Buffalo is going to win it! This is the Buffalo Bills Draft House Podcast with Brad the Bruiser Icorn and Alex Jones. This is pandemonium! With the 25th pick in the 2023 NFL Draft, the Buffalo Bills select Dalton Kincaid, tight end, Utah. Here's Brad the Bruiser Icorn. And just outside of the NFL Draft, welcome back for another edition of the Buffalo Bills Draft House Podcast. Brad the Bruiser Icorn and Alex Jones. As the draft spin from Thursday all the way through Saturday afternoon, Buffalo six draft picks uh, did trade a pick to move up, and we'll go through draft pick by draft kick pick and give your analysis. But Alex, I would say before we get into draft pick by draft kick, how would you assess this overall draft by the Buffalo Bills? I honestly think it's one of the better drafts they've had in a while. Um, you got two starting caliber players in round one and round two, probably two plug-and-play players. Um, round three, I someone I think can genuinely push for a starting position in the camp. Um, and then round five, six, and seven, you got some guys who We'll see with upside. Yeah, a lot of upside. All right, well, let's go ahead and we'll go through the Buffalo Bills draft here. Um, uh, Alex will be rejoining us here shortly here, but uh, here on the Buffalo Bills Draft House podcast, what we're going to do is we're going to go ahead and and uh, dissect uh, each pick here, kind of going round by round. And uh, we'll go ahead and start with the first pick. All right, so with the the first pick in the draft, Buffalo obviously was up at 27. Uh, There was rumblings there that Dallas wanted Kincaid, uh, who was thought as one of the better tight ends in the draft. I think they had him ranked as high as 14, and uh, the Buffalo – Trades with uh, Jacksonville gives away their fourth round pick to go ahead and move up into that 25 slot and take Dalton Kincaid out of Utah. All right, I did include the clip that you and I had talked on Thursday night. We watched the pick together. Alex, you had said this was a luxury pick, and I, I think that was a case here, but also it does help bolster the receiving. A guy who was just a kind of the opposite of Dawson Knox, a sure handed catching tight end yeah and he he's an incredibly good athlete in fact like after and this has been done to death but it is kind of the truth he's gonna slot in as a slot receiver rather than a tight end most of the time now that's not to say he'll never line up tight end but he is such a threat at that position where he has is really good athletic upside like he's a very good athlete he also is, uh, you know, a guy who has that upside of catching and block well. He's just going to project out really well. Only been playing football for five years total. 
Um, so I think it's one of those, it, it's a luxury pick, but weirdly enough, a, a need luxury pick where you didn't really address slot receiver. So you know what? We'll add a premium one through the draft. And I'm going to be honest, I looked up the odds to lead rookies in receiving yards. Dalton Kincaid is plus 1,200. That is not a bad bet to take. I feel like Josh Allen and him should develop a very fast connection. And the thing that's his biggest selling point is he's got Velcro hands. He just, I think he had like two drops throughout his college career. So he, he's a guy that I think instant chemistry – and if you're betting for rookie of the year or most receiving yards from rookie, not a bad bet to throw some money on Dalton Kincaid. All right, so let's go ahead and move on here. I mean, overall, I like that pick. Um, I like what he presents. Um, and I've been told I, I need to find a way um, but to watch the USC game. He had over 200 receiving yards in that game, 16 receptions. They won that game. In overtime, he was a big factor there in the Pac-12 there for for the Utes. So um, I wasn't expecting tight end, but I think I like it. I have a way for you to watch that, Brad. It's an excellent Patreon everyone should subscribe subscribe to. Sure. Called Daddy's C-A-D-D-Y-S Cut-Ups. And what it is, if you subscribe to the Patreon, you get added to a Google Doc, um, like a Google Drive. And it basically just breaks it down by player and team. And you can watch their film from a multitude of years. Well, I think uh, there's a lot of upside in there. So I appreciate Alex. Thank you. And to our listeners who want to go ahead and watch that game, follow those instructions there. I think I'm going to be taking you up on that now. I will do it. Um, Because, you know, it was one of those picks that kind of stuck with me that the more and more I thought about it and read about it and dissected and analyzed it, the more I liked this pick. Yeah, it was, it wasn't, it's kind of a similar, I feel like to the Greg Rousseau pick, you know, the yeah. Greg Rousseau pick, it was sort of like, all right. I, yeah, I kind of get it. Okay. And then you start like really digesting it. You're like, Oh, so we have an athletic freak guy who is an like incredible for his position and is going to do like what seems like good things. Like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense now, especially with how much the league is going into nickel personnel. Now Mm -hmm. having a six, three Velcro handed tight end at the next being able to challenge those nickel corners is going to be a huge, huge matchup. piece. Yeah. Um, I've saw and read comparisons, and I think it's early to say this, but a lot of people are saying we got our Travis Kelsey. That sounds nice and all, um, and I think that could eventually be a possibility. But as of right now, I'm going to say that let's wait and see. Let's not put our chips. Let's not compare other players. Let's see if he turns out into the player we want him to be. And this is just part of the point where you got to just sit back and trust the process. Yeah, 100%, Brad. It it is kind of one of those things where when you see a future Hall of Famer, you're always like, all right, that's a little unnecessary. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't think that's... A, it's an unfair thing to put on that person because you, you're like, oh, you're telling your fans 
um, this guy's going to be a Hall of Fame. You know, or draft people are telling you the fans of the fan base. He, his direct comparison is a future Hall of Famer. It's like, well, then your expectations are going to be a Hall of Famer. And even if you look back at Travis Kelsey's career, his numbers weren't crazy until like year four. Well, let's go ahead and continue our dissection here of the Buffalo Bills draft pick. Um, we're in round two on Friday night. I think they got one of the best picks in round two there, at least on the offensive line there. Osiris Torrance, a guard from Florida who had transferred from uh, from Louisiana. Um, I thought that this pick, I mean, he was the second-rated guard on the board and a lot of uh, big boards here going in. And to get a guy, just a big guy, he's about 350, 6'5". I mean, he is a thick guy. And to be able to go ahead and plug someone in who didn't allow a sack during his time in the SEC, unbelievable. Uh, yeah, I agree, Brad. And even before that, if you go back and watch his tape uh, from Louisiana, Lafayette as a raging Cajun, he was a starter his freshman year and just looked the part every single year. You know, it, it's, you know, sometimes with offensive linemen, you see a up year or down year. His was just phenomenal tape no matter when you turned on. And I think it's just because he's uh, position mobility for him is just guard. You saw some guys in Joe Tipman and John Michael Schmitz go before him. Um, but I think out of those three, Osiris Torrance will probably end up being the best one. Well, I was a big fan of that pick. Let's go to the third round of the pick, where I don't know if I'm not as big of a fan, but maybe I'm not as familiar with this body of work. I'm going to trust you on this here, Alex, here. Linebacker Dorian Williams out of Tulane. Uh, You don't even need to trust my word on it. Trust Brandon Beans. You know, when last year when they took Terrell Bernard in the third round, it was one of those things where they were like, yeah, you know, he might see the field um, on special teams at first and maybe get some. They have talked about this kid like he is going to be a date, like a, he's going to step on the field as it. You know, Bean was ex- exactly talking about like this kid's going to start out on the edge until he's comfortable and then we're going to bring him into the middle. Like that, you don't hear them. Bean is one of the more honest GMs in the NFL. He tells you what he's thinking. And he, him saying that, like, this guy's going to be playing day one for us tells you exactly what the Bills think of God of him. I mean, she was part of that Tulane team that turned it all around. He flies all over the field. Yep. And so I, I'm excited to see what he can do in this defense. And I wouldn't be shocked if he's the opposite linebacker to Matt Milano, not really in a um, Mike Will situation, sort of in a athlete-athlete situation where you're like, hey, both of you are responsible for this, both of you are responsible for this. And because of how much the Bills run nickel, it'll allow them a lot of tools to really get after the quarterback. This is the Buffalo Bills Draft House Podcast as we're recapping here the 
2023 NFL Draft for the Buffalo Bills. And we can talk about some more of the draft in general after we go through and go pick by pick. So we've gone through rounds one, two, and three. They trade their fourth-round pick with Jacksonville to move up. So on round five, and an intriguing candidate here, Justin Shorter, who comes in as a very big guy here. I mean, it's almost Josh Allen size, about 230, 6'4", at wide receiver, but a speedy guy here, just like Josh here, coming in. Uh, I think he ran the 58, about a 455 around there. How do you take it, this pick here with a big man out of Florida? You know, I think it's it's one of those after trading down, I believe, um, the Bills recruit a few extra picks, and... Um, I think he's a toolsy guy. You know, he's a freak athlete. He's six five, almost six five, and just less than two percent body fat. And basically, it, it, it's just one of those like he's just a freak. And the, in that sense, like there's a lot of things to his game that are left to be desired. But he feels like one of those four four special teams guys who has a few back-breaking plays. Like, I, I feel like he's going to be, like, the bane of, like, the Jets' existence or the Dolphins' existence, where it's like he doesn't really show up except for when he plays, like, one team. Well, we'll slide now from wide receiver down to uh, from the fifth round to the seventh round, where uh, Buffalo had two picks in this round. First, uh, they took Nick Broker, a guard out of Ole Miss, who... Uh, Started at left guard in 2022, um, was second team All-SEC, did not allow a single sack. Um, how do you rate this pick here? I think it's an interesting one because he's so he's a high floor, low ceiling guy. But he's a really good, like the thing that his, part of the game for him that excels is pass block, where he struggles his run block. <laughs> and so I think it's sort of like, opposite of the Osiris Torrance pick, where Osiris Torrance is incredibly good in the past, but he is a world beater at the run game. He just takes human beings and moves them to a different zip code. He's sort of the opposite broker where he has this, you know, he's a very good pass setter and like one of those guys you trust implicitly, but uh, in the run game is where he struggles. Well, let's transition to the final pick, their second seventh round pick uh, at 35th in the round here. Alex Austin, the quarterback out of Oregon State. Look out, Jordan Poyer now two Beavers in that Buffalo Bills locker room at this point. How do you like Alex Austin, Alex Jones? You know, I like it, and I like it especially because the Bills picked up an extra sixth round pick next year. I actually picked up two six-round picks. Yes. Uh, the Texans' six-round pick and the Rams' six-round pick to move back a few spots. And I'm fine with that. If you don't think the talent's there, trade back a few picks. Do, like, I'm fully okay with And I, I think it was good to add some more depth at corner, which I saw, you know, I think they needed last year. Trey White was still getting his sea legs back. Uh, we saw Christian Benford, who was a late-round rookie, get the start ahead of Kair Elam. Um, you know, I, I think the secondary um, is a little more sounder and hopefully healthier going into next year that, um, you know, just looking at the player itself, I, I think this was a good late-round pick for the Bills. 
Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's, you know, it's one of those you're... I mean, I'm going to be honest. I just trust what the Bills do implicitly yes. <laughs> when it comes to defensive. Just any defensive back they draft late in the draft, I'm like, yeah, he's going to end up being. Yeah. I'd put that way. I, Look at what Christian Benford did last year. And, I mean, the big knock on him is that he isn't good in man coverage. And it's like, well, if only there was a coach who's very good at developing corner, zone-only corner. Yeah, this is true. And McDermott kind of taking on almost D cord along with his head coaching duties this role. So he's going to have a heavy, heavy hand into the defense. And that should be, I think, a lot of fun for, obviously, Bills fans watching it. And then, uh, I mean, for everything else we have in store this fall. Yeah, Brad, 100%. It is going to be very, like, I, I'm very interested to see how this defense might take on a different, you know. Obviously, it's McDermott's defense. He's going to be running it almost identical. But what, like, there's going to be little tendencies and little, you know, uh, idiosyncrasies that are different between the two play callers. And it's going to, I'm inter- I'm genuinely interested to see. All right. News on next season. Before we look back just on the draft and our thoughts overall, not just on the Bills, but the NFL as a whole, um, I want to encourage you to go ahead and do something. So if you're, it doesn't matter if you're on your phone, if you're on a computer or tablet, go to Google. Google Tottenham, Tottenham Hotspur Stadium events. When you do that, go ahead and scan through till you get till October, and you'll see it says Sunday, October 8th, Buffalo Bills, NFL London, 2.30, uh, a local London time kickoff. So presumably that's when we're going to see the Bills play an early Sunday morning uh, for everyone else here in the States. But uh, apparently the schedule, which is going to be uh, announced in just over uh, just over a week here, um, looks like that we'll find out who the opponent is. But Buffalo will be in London on the 8th of October. Yeah, it, it's, it is interesting um i'm gonna be honest i'm always super mad um when they go international because that means i'm paying for a ticket i never get to use but yeah it's exciting to see i mean they had they kind of the two dates you know because there was two days normally they normally do like a couple like hey these are the dates that are available, and it's the Titans and... Uh, yep, and the Bills, and the Titans are scheduled yeah. for October 15th, so they're on the schedule yeah. too, but um, they have two dates though, so I'm wondering if they could move Tennessee into either the 29th or 15th slot, because that is where they are listed, both of those slots, but Buffalo just listed on the 8th of October. And that's you know what that's a really good really good spot to see. All the things right by my house. Um, but I'm excited to see the Bills in London. It'll be fun to see that. Yeah, I already asked my it's wife also, if also, if we could do a London trip for that, and she said no. I'll go to London to see Wimbledon. I'm not going to London to see football. Well, it's also one of those nice. Uh, it's it's also going to be nice, Brad, without the the sort of Damocles hanging over our neck. Because of the imminent move to London, that sort of at least it always felt like it was teased um, 
whenever the Bills used to go play international games, it was like, oh, and they're going to be... Uh, well, Toronto. Gonna be, yeah. <laughs> well, and then there was also, like, I feel like there was talk that possibly the team moves to England. You know, maybe there's an England NFL team. The Bills are a team that would make sense to be that team. Huh. And it's kind of nice to have that that yeah. sort of just quashed. Yeah, knowing that that is not a possibility at this point. No. Yeah. Uh, and it should be exciting, too, on this podcast. And since I live close enough, I'm about six miles from the stadium uh, that we'll be able to give you, like, literal firsthand accounts of what is going on uh, at the new stadium as they go ahead and build that and piece that together just across from where the stadium sits right now. So no name, uh, renderings, all that still yet to be revealed. But that is... Uh, Coming up in the, probably in the next couple of weeks, I would expect to see um, an announcement of an official groundbreaking ceremony. But um, it's uh, it's uh, it's on the cusp, and it's coming up shortly here that we will see progress, and we will see that stadium put together here in Buffalo. So you know, it, it may cost us. You know, those who live in New York State, yeah, it's going to go into our taxes. But hey. It'll keep the bills in our lives, at least for a lot longer. Yeah, and that's that's one of those nice things that you're always happy about seeing. All right. Well, um, let's go ahead and get set to give our thoughts here as we wind down on just the NFL draft as a whole. So, I mean, I felt like, it, I don't know why, I, was, I had it on all weekend. Maybe it felt maybe just slightly more entertaining to me, but I mean, I don't know. I had a lot of fun watching this NFL draft. Uh, Bryce Young goes number one overall. The drama, where where are these guys going to fall? I mean, they set a record here for, it was a record for trades in this draft. Uh, so that was, I don't know. It was a wild draft. It was fun. There was a lot going on. I loved all the memes coming out. Um, There's a great one I loved where, um, Skip Bayless, for those who do not know, he's apparently very angry that we traded up and get that pick because the Cowboys wanted him. And they show the Cowboy draft room, and it looks just like a shot below where they show the Austin uh, Powers, Dr. Evil war room, if you will. So, I mean, I had a lot of fun. I I thought it looked like uh, the Death Star where Palpatine's thrown it. I saw that too, but someone put it side by side, and I was like, oh, yeah, that's, that's awesome. But, no, I could see that as well too. But, I mean, also we got to talk about the two moves after the draft. Latavius Murray, yeah. um, who's rushed for eight straight seasons. He's had over 500 yards rushing. And also Kuna uh, Ford signing a one-year deal, which doesn't count towards comp picks for next year, is also a fantastic. Yeah, uh, that was a big one. Uh, with Puna, he was one of those guys who basically he could have dictated a higher contract gone to where he wanted to, and he said he wanted to go to a contender where he could win a Super Bowl, and Puna Ford chose the Buffalo Bills. And, and I think it's a great fit. He's going to be the backup behind, and I would say backup loosely behind Daquan Jones. Um, and, you know, him and Jordan Phillips together are going to be nasty. Yeah, Jordan just Phillips, Daquan really Jones. Gap aggressive, just really two gap shooters who are very good at what they do. Yep. See Puna in there. Um, Tim Settle, of course, as well. I would expect to see him rotated in as well. But, uh, yeah, it's um, 
defensive line sounds a little bit better. I know it's a lot of guys on a flyer on a one-year deal at Oliver, of course, as well. Um, so we'll still be watching that because I'm not so sure that Ed Oliver could still, you know, not be on the move at this point. I could still see him going elsewhere this year, uh, or he's just going to have to play out a contract here, here in year five. I 100% expect him to be here once the season starts. Okay. Well, other thoughts on the draft. What else did you like in this NFL draft here, Alex? I really love uh, just the whole Bills draft, honestly. I mean, dude, the trades were awesome. It was a great draft to watch. I, and just, I love the Texans going after their quarterback and their defensive quarterback. I, I, it was a given. As soon as they went back in the three, I was like, Will Anderson, there you go. Done deal. And that was the thing that I thought was so interesting. was like, basically them being like, hey, we're in a weak division to begin with. And to me, the opposite of, like, the Cardinals should have just either a, I mean, they got they got a lot of capital from it. So mm-hmm. you can't, they're going to be bad next year. Like, really bad. Even though they have a franchise quarterback, they're paying like a franchise quarterback. They're still going to be bad. Uh, but he, it's going to be, you know, interesting to see what happens with the picks because I think the Texans take a huge leap forward this year. They might be legitimately contending for the AFC South Crown next year. D'Amico Ryan's the now new head coach, third year in a row, a new head man. In Houston, could there be a fourth year in a row? I very much doubt it. They signed David Foley and Lovey Smith to like very get out of both contracts. They did not sign D'Amico. D'Amico Ryan's is like, you're going to pay, if you get out of this contract, you're going to pay me a lot of money. Yeah, and no disrespect to Coley and Lovey, but I feel like those guys were simply placeholders. Yeah, 100%. I mean, it. You hate to get into it, but it also feels like a little bit of, no, we're not a racist organization. We hired three black head coaches. <laughs> yeah, a little bit, right? Yeah, but you got through them in three years. All right. Well, this has been the Buffalo Bills Draft House podcast. Of course, follow us across our social media platforms, drafthousesports.com, at TW Callahan DHS, at Bills Bruiser, at DHS Buffalo, on Facebook, at facebook.com slash Buffalo Bills Draft House. All right. Join us throughout the offseason as we get you set for the 2023 season. A lot to come. We'll be talking schedule in just over a week. And uh, we'll have that and more coming here. Training camp, preseason, all of it will lead up to the 2023 NFL season. For Alex Jones, I'm Brad the Bruiser Icorn. Go Bills. This has been the Buffalo Bills Draft House Podcast, an R Street Media production.